Preach with Rashad. Here another episode, another sermon coming at you from 12 Hour Sports Radio, Zingo TV, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Radio, Spotify, anywhere else you can find us. Welcome to the show, man. What's going on, Rashad? What it do, man? Shoot, like, we went on yesterday, so uh, April Fools to everybody who participated in that. You know, I mean, right now ain't the time to be making April Fools jokes, but you know, if you did, shout out to y'all for. Uh, hopefully you had a happy April's Fools, and let's hope uh, April is a better month than we had in March because March was crazy. It, it was madness, but it went for college basketball. I know that. It's, hey, you ain't never lie. You ain't never told no lie on that one. Uh, hey, we they say true. You ain't never told no lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm afraid that we is you know it's kind of it's kind of fun and creative to come up with different things now when it's not sports going on and you have to, hey, let's find this and find this and let's and let's do something, you know, with the draft, uh, not too far away. You know, let's 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 come up with some ideas and and, and let's 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 put on a good show. So that's what we did. Um my draft coming soon. My draft my draft coming soon. My three I'm working on it. It will be out soon enough. Um first I kinda wanna get into uh A B First, uh, we saw him working out with Hollywood Brown, his cousin, and Lamar Jackson. Um, is it is this something to you, or, or does it mean nothing? Uh, it's nothing, man. He has so much legal stuff going on right now. It's going to be hard for A.B. to get back into the league. Uh, we know the books were saying they wanted to get, um, you know, he was being considered to be on the books, but Arians decided not to do it. So for right now, we know that AB is gonna be basically jobless as far as the NFL goes. Tom Brady's good words couldn't get into Tampa Bay, and even though he has a relative on Baltimore, I think it's nothing. Um, but it would now it would be a great situation if you can have Hollywood and AB together. Lamar Jackson with the strides he made last year throwing to him, I was a non-believer, but you give anybody AB, I think they can become a, a perennial elite quarterback, but just far as right now, as of today, I think it's nothing. But it would be nice to see A.B. back in the league, especially on Baltimore with him being a former Steeler. Yeah, I would actually I, – I think it's something to a degree. I know the Ravens won't sign him, probably not. But think about think about why Baker Mayfield gets to have OBJ, gets to have Landry, gets to have – uh, Austin Hooper now and Joku and Chubb and Josh Allen gets Stephon Diggs this offseason. Hey, Kareem Hunt got got uh Tad he's still there too. Right. And, and you got Kareem Hunt. Even 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 more more reason to like, okay, when's Lamar Jackson gonna get his his weapons? I mean he got Hollywood Brown, he got Mark Andrews, but is that enough? And you know, when when Mark Ingram aging out, if they don't get a running back in this draft, we may see a that or not. But it's like, okay, we can't continue to keep drafting guys because what if they never Blossom to a superstar, out. right? Because I mean, Andrews is good, and Hollywood Brown is good when healthy. But it's like, okay, is that enough? And I don't know. So I would, I think, I think AB could be a very, very, uh, I was, I say, to me, he's not a high risk because it's not like they need him. It's not like it's a team that's desperate for weapons. 
because Lamar Jackson is is the ultimate weapon in himself. It's like we don't we don't need all that. But if he comes in and play not not even let's say he's not even hundred percent. Let's say he's eighty five of AB from Pittsburgh. That's good enough for his eighty five is better than most hundred percent for guys. So I think that it it could mean something. I don't know why Lamar and Hollywood wouldn't be on on the front office to the GM like hey. AB, calm down, blah, blah. If the NFL allow him, I think we should get him. Yeah, even if he was to get signed, hypothetically, we'll say he does get signed. We'll say that, you know, the charges, the situations, all that get sped up. The NFL says, hey, we'll suspend you for four to six games, something like that. Having AB for any stretch of time is better than no AB. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you can get AB, you get AB. I don't care what anybody says. He's in my opinion, the most dominant receiver of his era, uh, you know, him and Julio, they're one, two, however we get it, one A, one B. I'm I'm on the A B side, but I can't Team knock him out who does choose. <laughs> yeah, I can't knock him out who does choose Julio because I mean, he's gonna be one of the legendary receivers of his of not just this time, but of all time as well. Like he right. could probably vault up to three, four, or five, you know. So but you know, between him and A B, they're best there for that generation and you know the next generation I would consider that like the Mike Thomases and whoever else you want to pair with him but man any you can get AB on your team you get AB and you gotta do it and I mean I don't know how much he would cost but like I said it's it's very it's, it's to, for, for the Ravens for a team who went 14 and 2 last season it is very low risk and definitely uh, high, high rewards. Maybe, uh, you need another word for highlight, a, a bigger word for that, because <laughs> this this guy could take you where you need to go. And like I said, with Lamar Jackson and with Hollywood Brown another year, Andrews another year, this team this team can can use it. And you can't you can't go out here and just keep drafting um, you know receivers every single year. At some point, you have to bring somebody in and to speed along the process and keep you keep you at the top because Pittsburgh defense, Pittsburgh Big Ben is back. They're coming around the corner. Yeah, Pittsburgh might need to make a move though, because Big Ben only got one, maybe two more good years left in the tank. So, you know, they might need to go do something else to make sure James. that they can stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have to go make a move to make sure they can stay competitive because having uh, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph did not pan out well. I don't even get me started by uh, Mason and Duck. Oh my God, that Duck was so bad they had a pretty Mason back in. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Um, Terrible. I'll, Atrocious. Man. Also, uh, the ESPN did a, a poll for best college basketball player ever. Now, we take best college college basketball player ever. The guy who won, Michael Jordan, in my opinion, does not come to mind. Like it don't even enter my my, my mind. Not the, for college. Not no. for college. Not for college. Like you hear the word basketball, Michael Jordan should be the first person to come ahead. But college basketball. No way. Don't know how he won it. Don't do not get it. Don't not understand it. And the answer, the correct answer, everybody should mostly agree, is probably Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, oh yeah, man. They, I don't know who voted on this poll, but the wrong answer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't even say teenagers, man, because most. They would have probably voted Zion. Yeah, you're right. You probably I can't right, even yeah. say teenagers, man. Like, I guess people who just go off of the name of Michael Jordan, they voted for him. But, yeah. I mean, when it comes to college ball, the the impact Kareem had, the resume he put together, he's undoubtedly the best college player of all time. 
Yeah, and I don't think it's close. I, wait, two two losses in three years, three championships. Yeah, they were like eighty eight and two. I think. Come on, yeah, man. I, <laughs> he put he. That's put, unheard of. Who who came first? Um, yeah, Kareem, and then once Kareem left, Bill Walton arrived. So it's like they they you know UCLA. That's why they're I would say one of the original. The, the founding father of the Blue Bloods and Mafia. I mean, yeah, Kentucky right there too, but, you know, man. Kareem, what Kareem did for college basketball, I think, didn't, didn't they ban dunking because of Kareem Dujabar for a while? Yeah, this is where Scott Hook came from. Yeah, he learned Scott Hook. Hey, I, did you see the clip about Will Chamberlain versus Kareem and uh, Will Chamberlain blocked him twice and Kareem didn't know what to do? <laughs> I thought that was yeah, pretty man. funny. Yo, yo Will, Will is an underrated funny dude. Like, yo, Will was around – Right now in the social media era, bro, he'll be crazy. Like not crazy in a bad way. Like he'll be like hella funny. <laughs> I mean, he was hella charming, hella charismatic just from like interviews and stuff I seen of him. So if Whip was around in social media age right now, oh Whip would be the man. He was the man back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's get into our, our recap of our Twitter poll we put up. Um so we t- we talk about college basketball, we talk about Crimson Bar being the best college. Basketball player, but what about freshmen? Um, we put up a tri- uh, we put up a poll on Twitter. Which trio is the better? Which freshman trio is the best? So we got the champions: uh, Anthony Davis, two thousand twelve; Carmelo Anthony, in 03, and um, Jaleel Okafor in two thousand fifteen. And then you have the stars who didn't win, but you got Zion um, last year, Kevin Durant for Texas in two thousand seven. And Michael Beasley, that dog of a monster, in 2008 for Kansas State. Uh, the Twitter poll was 54%, I believe, went to Anthony Davis Melo and Jaleel Okafor of the champions, while the 46% went to the stars. Now, who did you vote? Oh, I went with the champions, man, because, you know, I don't believe rings are everything, but when you look at what Melo in 03, AD in 12, and Jaleel in 15. When you look at what they completely put together, right? they were the most dominant. No, if not for them, they probably wouldn't have won those titles because those guys put together a dominant season, and it led to a championship. So, I mean, you got to get those guys to nod because all those guys were freshmen of the year. Uh, AD won basically every award Everything. you can think of <laughs> in, in college basketball. Uh, Jaleel, he was – I mean, he basically accomplished everything a freshman could accomplish as well. Plus, he was, I think, second in the player of the year vote. He lost to Frank Kaminsky. And what did he do to get revenge? They beat Wisconsin in the championship. So, I mean, those, all three of those guys, they, they took full circle runs. And, of course, they won the title. So, I vote for those guys. And I'm, I'm with you. Um, we talk, when you're talking about, it's not even like that they led the team, but when have you, when did you see it's so rare that, that freshmen can be the lead person and, and take your team to the to the finals I mean, to the final four and, and win it all. Actually, now, yes, you, yeah, I think everything is a little different. Everything is a little skewed because we, we talk about Jaleel Okafor and how he won everything, but it's like they they was a big story. Right yeah, they was a big story in Wisconsin. Won. I mean, they played Wisconsin, but like, I think that that Kentucky team that year was more talked about because they that was their first loss in the final four to Wisconsin. And everybody wanted to see that matchup, Duke-Kentucky. We never get what we want to see. Um, but it's like, I feel like that team was more memorable for that season. But And, that, and that's what made everybody forget Jaleel Okafor and forget Justice Winslow because, honestly, that team – when you say that team now, looking into the to the NBA, you'd be like, how did they win? 
And I think that's why why the vote was so close, actually, because I don't I don't really think remember, people forget how great like Melo and AD was. And when you add Okafor, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, when you, got, when you, when you look at college, you, you got to keep it separate because just like the Michael Jordan, he won best college player of the year because of Michael Jordan. Yeah, I was about, I was right. about to say the same thing. Like, you can't separate one from the other. I mean, okay, so what Jaleel didn't pan out as the third pick in the NBA? Right. What he did his one year in college, that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What Melo did, I mean, of course, you know, I think it's natural that you want to associate the NBA stuff with it, but it's not the same. Like, college is college. The NBA is NBA. Christian Leitner is one of the greatest college players ever, but NBA-wise, he was just an okay guy. Okay, right. Grant Hill, you know, Grant Hill is one of those rare guys who was good at both levels. Uh, you know, uh, Jay Williams, he was a great in college, you know, play of the yard, that kind of stuff. But, you know, motorcycle accident and his NBA career, so you don't remember him for that. So you got to keep it separate. Yeah, and just go, he, Okafor was, was a beast. I mean, and like I said, it's because it's because that he wasn't so great in NBA that his poll was so close like it was. I mean, 54 to 46. Uh, I actually thought that people would choose the stars more just because of Zion and KD and because of KD greatness and because – Zion is, a, is like the new shiny toy that everybody gets to look at. Like I feel like that's why I thought people was trending toward the stars. I, Beasley, like <laughs> I mean, Melo Melo started off by having the most double doubles as a freshman, and then Beasley came and like it's, I, th- I think it's I think it's different when you look at the rest of them because Melo's at Syracuse, Jim Beheim, legendary. Uh, Davis had Calipari. Probably at the time wasn't as legendary, but we knew Calipari for greatness of UMass. Uh, putting Memphis on the map, stuff like that. Uh, Coach K speaks for itself. Uh, the Longhorns, I mean, it was Texas. Texas is just Texas, right? You can't really deny it. And Zion over for the same school. And it's like Beasley put Kansas State on the map. And, like, it was who you going to choose that season. Everybody was like, oh, Kansas State going to Final Four. They're going to win the championship because of Michael Beasley. And that's how great his impact was. So, I mean, all, all six of these guys, man, are you talking about? immediate superstardom. Like, I, I am kind of mad that Beasley didn't really pan out, but we know other issues uh, for him happened in his life. But he would he was supposed to be great, too. I, I, if, if, you had, if you had to peg someone to be a superstar, Beasley was a guy, especially following the KD. You think, okay, another, like, he might not be KD, but it's like he can, he's 6'10", he can do this, he can put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, bang with the big boys, go out to the perimeter. And we know our, our motto is the wing, wings win rings. I would have failed. I would have lost that one because I'd have, I'd have put all my money on him. Like, I believe the Beasley thing just didn't pan out because drafting is so important, man. Like, where, where a guy lands and starts his career, man, that can set you up for success or failure, you know, because if let, let's say you already have, like, a shaky work ethic or something like that. And I'm not, I'm not saying right. just about Mike Beasley. I'm just saying in general, what if you have a shaky work ethic and then now you go to a bad team, which most teams drafting at the top are bad. At some point, I mean, you're going to be losing, well, you've been winning 22 games a year. At some point, you will become disengaged, not work hard. You're guaranteed, once you sign your your contract after you draft it, you know, you're basically a millionaire. So what incentive do you really have to work hard anymore? But if you go to, you know, if you're, uh, shoot, a freaking Steph Curry, you know, you fall to the Warriors, then like, you know, you got work ethic because you had to go to Davidson and you mm-hmm. wanted to make it to the league. And then now, you know, in basically in two years, you fight through your injuries, the team turns around. And before you know it, 
a couple of years later down the line, you're an NBA champion, stuff like that. So right. when you get drafted, that always plays a big part. Um, I'm not really a big what if guy, but we, we all know Steph Curry would not be the Steph Curry he is now if he goes to Minnesota. So, I mean, <laughs> even with his great work ethic, yeah. you, you in Minnesota, man, you won't be the same. I don't think he would have been as great as he is now, but it's like, okay, with Kevin Love and Rubio, I don't, I don't, I think he would, I, I don't think we would classify him as a point guard. We definitely wouldn't do that. Because I think he would have played off ball too, and he would have been like in the Lou Wills of the world, but a, but a, but a star version, you know what I mean? Like a star version of Lou Wills. So, I mean, you're right. It, it doesn't matter where you go. Situation always matters no matter what sport you're in. Um, we had this debate with some people about. But yeah, Andrew. shout out Mike Beasley though, man. Yeah, wherever, where, where is he, Mike Beasley? He was on the Lakers last year, but be back to China or something to turn up or something because that's where he was hooping it before. I don't know. And look, think about who we left off, man. We could have put Greg Golden on the stars list. We could have put Trey Young, like some other guys who had good freshman years too. Trey Young, Greg Golden, that's 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 some, that's some good names. Um, we had this argument with with some with some guys uh, about Anthony Davis. I just want to answer this question real quick. So out of the, out of the guys we named, so Kevin Durant averaged twenty six points a game. Uh, Beasley averaged 26. Zion was averaging 23 and eight, nine rebounds. Uh, Ogafor 17 and nine. Uh, Melo 22 and 10, dominating. All these guys were dominating, right? Now, Anthony Davis. What's the difference between Anthony Davis and the rest of these guys? He only averaged 14 points a game, 10 rebounds, but he also averaged five blocks. Now, most people say, in my opinion, out of these, out of, I want to say that out of these six, in my opinion, Anthony Davis. Had the most impact across the board, and yes, he only averaged fourteen. Oh yeah, easily, man. Right, he he averaged Dude, fourteen. I mean, he, he didn't have a score twenty five to have an impact. <laughs> right, exactly, and, and and that's that's what a lot of people got to realize. Like, it ain't all about scoring in college basketball. Those guys I just named, KD, Beasley, Zion, Melo, and Okafor, those are outliers as far as scoring at premier like programs. Like, usually you don't you go to Duke, you don't score, you know, fourteen points. You might be leading the score for the team. So those, those those guys are exceptional, exceptional, of course. But like Anthony Davis, fourteen points a game. He only took eight shots. So I, I want I wanted to see that everybody realized that when, if Anthony Davis took the shots that other guys took, this would be his stats. If he took the same amount of shots as Kevin Durant and Michael Beasley, so Beasley and and Kevin Durant was around like 17, 18 shots a game, shooting his same shooting percentage for Anthony Davis, he would average twenty six points per game. Ten rebounds and five blocks. If he if he if he just shot as many as, as they did, for Zion it'd be twenty, and then for Okafor it'd be eighteen uh, points per game. So he can do it, but we all know Calipari's system is about sacrifice, uh, putting your team first, uh, being a team guy, working on team defense. That's what he does because you look at all the guys you're like man, Devin Booker, Cat, uh, Cat averaged like ten points a game at Kentucky, like, and now he's one of the best big men in the league. So it's not like it's it's not like they can't do it. It's about what you asked to do at the time. And even in the championship game with Andy Davis, dude, dude didn't do anything as far as scoring. I think he had like, like six points. But he had like 15, 16 rebounds, uh, five or six blocks, four steals. Like, you can't you can't ask for somebody to be more dominant. And if, if you can do it without scoring, that makes you more – that makes you great in my opinion. Yeah, because if they did dumb it down to him, he could have got 20 if needed. I mean, but that's just right. the Calipari way. I mean, he was he he was basically pioneering the like recruiting one and done guys. So of course he's gonna have a platoon system when you're bring, you know, 
you're recruiting five to seven one and dones. Plus, you still have two to three guys who are going to be sophomores and juniors when they get to take their step up. So, I mean, that's why you don't see AD getting 20. You don't see Boogie Cousins getting 20. You don't see Cat getting 20. You don't see Devin Booker getting 20. Uh, uh, Nerdless Noel didn't average 20. I mean, just, I, I can get going. Willie Collie, <laughs> Trey Lyles, like all these, all these NBA, Jamal Murray, all these NBA guys that could average 20 if they were just the sole, the sole focus of the offense. But right. that's not how it works. He he put in a platoon system. I mean, the, the Harrison guys, uh, uh, Aaron and Andrew. I mean, it has so many guys that were on these Kentucky teams. There is no way you can feed everybody unless Mike average 20. It's a platoon system. Sacrifice for your brother, make it make each other better, and let's win together. That's all Cal has preached for. I mean, for decades at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna go to a quick commercial break, real quick. Then we can come back with our with, with, with some lists, and we're gonna break them down for y'all. We back. We're going to get into our list, our list of lists. You got. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do what Rashad want to do, what I want to do. And we're going to get right into it, uh, Rashad. So, yeah, I made, had to make sure you was back. We all good. A uh, little difficulties, but it's all good. We all good. All right. So, the first list we're going to go into is um, sticking sticking kind of with the college theme. Normally, this is the time that Final Four is around. So, we're going to do the best college hoopers. Um, the reason for this list, you know, um, well, we, we could we could have done lifetime of, of the decade all time. But we're going to do it in our lifetime. So Rashad, I, I think I think I'll just go first uh, on it. Um, if we starting at five, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jimmy Fredette. For me, who you have at five? I didn't really do a complete order. Okay. Um, but one of my five, I have I have Christian Leitner. Okay. Um, okay. So exactly, I, I kind of, oh, I guess I guess ranking it. I mean, you can rank it how you want to, but uh, I also had Zion. Um, Kimba Walker, Anthony Davis, and I had uh, Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott from Creighton. Yeah, I had Christian Leitner as one of them. Uh, Anthony Davis, as mentioned, because of his dominance throughout. Um, so that's two. Um, I also went, he's forgotten about, but I went Adam Morrison for what he did at Gonzaga. And then I also had, of course, Carmelo Anthony. And then the last one was we just talked about this guy, the way he did. Um, I went Michael Beasley, and that was a tough choice, but because I was leaning Emeka Okafor. But man, just as a freshman, what Mike Beasley did, and of course, I mentioned what Melo did. Um, I went, I went those two guys along with um, the others. So those are my five right there: Leitner, AD, Adam Morrison, uh, Melo, and Mike Beasley. Yeah, I mean, the reason I put McDermott, I mean, for Creighton, is like he was so good in the uh, I think Missouri Valley Conference, and then he was so good when he went to when they went to the Big East. He still he, he was better, and he I think he won Player of the Year one of these years, and uh, he played with his dad, of course, his as a coach. Um, I, I went Kimba. I mean, his dominance through the conference tournament, biggest conference tournament, and what he did to go win a championship, all those played a big role to me. Um, Jim Fredette, another another small guy, small school guy, and uh, his dominance as well in college basketball for his four years there. And we talk about Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is probably the best the best player I've ever seen 
in college in my lifetime, and that was just because of across the board impact. It's not one thing he couldn't do, even even if Calipari told you to sacrifice. Yeah, man, AD man, what he did was remarkable as a freshman. I mean, he was still somewhat raw, right. but like you, you, but you could see like the potential is there defensively. He was an anchor, and if needed, he could bomb you for twenty two and fifteen in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that's what it was like. And usually, you know, I don't really like small guys, but it's like in college basketball, if you had a if you had an elite point guard, Kevin Walker, Jimmer, um, I mean, the list goes on. Michigan State always got an elite point guard somewhere. Kansas always got one. You usually find yourself going deep, and when you have the seniors and the juniors like Kimba and Jimmer, you pretty you go far. Steph Curry, when he hit his rise, you know. So if you had a lead point guard in college, usually you can you can go far. Uh, I do like your Michael Beasley pick. That's that's I think that's a pretty good one. Um, of course, like you know, Zion, I I just think Zion man was just it was just a man amongst boys, I guess, and and that, that's what kind of like impressed me the most. That I thought, okay, he just doing this against little high school boys. That this don't really count. And then he did the exact same thing to all these college guys. Like, well, never mind then. You know, when you six six and two eighty, it don't matter what level you at. I guess. Yeah, like I was considering Zion as well, um, but I, I just went to Michael Beasley because, like we said earlier, when we talking about our poll, man, this dude went to Kansas State and balled the heck out, man. So definitely. Um, I, I took Mike Beasley. Like I, said, I, I considered him Mecca over four. He won a championship with UConn back in 04. Uh, he had a stellar, stellar year. So I, I considered him Mecca over four as well. Um, but, I mean, Mike Beasley, a freshman, doing what hey. he did, man. He did everything except make the Final Four and win the championship pretty much. I, I, I like your Adam Morrison pick. A lot of people do forget Adam Morrison. I get Because, once again, he was a bust in the NBA. I mean – that that was before he he put Gonzaga I mean, on the like, map, you know, bro. He put Gonzaga on the map. Like like they were they were always pretty they were always pretty good, but like what he was doing, you know, the him and JJ Reddick battle for like player of the year that season, yeah. man. J, JJ Reddick, um, like you said, JJ in the NBA, Reddick. Oh, I forgot about JJ Reddick. That's a great one too. That's a bad. That's a big yeah, white man, boy right like, there. That, that, that was man. That was just a a great year of college ball right there. Um, but I think you forget about Morrison because he's so far out west. You know, Gonzaga's you – no, know, that's in Washington pretty much. About, a lot of people don't really see games. them play. Yeah, you don't, you don't really see them play unless they come on late at night. Uh, NCAA tournament-wise, you know, they haven't won a title, stuff like that. And then, of course, NBA-wise, people are trying to lump that in. So, Morrison gets forgotten about it. <laughs> uh, he did have a few health issues and stuff like that. So, that kind of hurt him. And then, you know, he was drafted to – to Charlotte, which didn't pan out, and Bobcats, that, that that wasn't it, you know. Yeah, so you know, I mean, I thought he, he was a talented dude, mm-hmm. um, but I guess you know, just his his game just didn't translate to the NBA level, which it happens, you know. But he had with what he did in college, he, he can make money off of making appearances his whole life because he's Adam Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good enough for me. Um, now we we had another Twitter poll that 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 went uh, on Monday. Uh, and it was about Cam Newton. Where should he go? What's the, what is the best spot? Now the four options I put. All right, so the Redskins. We know we talked about it. The Raiders. We talked about it. And the Patriots. The Patriots won convincingly, forty-eight uh, percent. Raiders had twenty-eight percent. Um, the Redskins had twenty-one. And the fourth option I put. And I kind of I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, on on my on my reason. And Cam Newton as the backup for the Seattle Seahawks. Now the reason I put this on there 
Because, okay, we, we talked about how the market may be slim pickings, which is really only New England Patriots or nothing at this point. And I, the reason, I, the reason I, why I said Seattle Seahawks is because we know for the Seattle Seahawks, the, I don't know what we always say to each other, it's, it's Russ or Buss most of the time. Like, the, the roster, you got Bobby Wagner, of course. Um, you had Clowney. You got Metcalf, who's a star. Tyler Lockett, he's a star. But it's like Russell Wilson does a lot, a lot of covering up, in my opinion, um, to to Seattle as far as their their weakness because he's so great he can over they can still overcome a lot of stuff even in a tough division. And the reason I say that because okay, it, if you if you put let's say let's say Cam go to the Bills behind Josh Allen, if Josh Allen messes up, how long before you think the Bills fans come? We won't Cam. We won't Cam. How, how long do you think that would happen? Like. Every game almost, like, cause that's how that's how polarizing Cam Newton is. So I was like, well, if you go to Minnesota behind Kirk Cousins, same thing. Even if you go to Cowboys behind Dak, the same thing. Like a lot, most places, unless it's Kansas City, um, you know, Bucks for Brady's concern, and, and Seattle um, Ravens, and I would say Texans. Those guys that are, he he can't take their spots because they are too special. I think I think I think he has to go to a team like that. I, I kind of say this thing way back when for Ka- Colin Kaepernick, the same reason. Like he didn't go behind Russ and play and show he can be a backup because then the media would the media would never say would never question oh Russell Russell Wilson versus Cap. They they would never do that. And I can say the same thing for you know for Cam Newton to go to Seattle. And I was like, well, if Russ was to go down, we don't wish injury on people, but if Russ Russell Wilson was was to go down, Seattle is done. Do you agree to that? Like without Russell Wilson, they're not. Oh winning. yeah, man. Well, yeah, yeah. You got. I, I think Russ is what him, Mahomes, and Rogers top three QBs in the league. So you lose a top three QB in the league. That's it. Man, your season's supposed to take it. You are supposed to be sorry. So, and like I said, it, I I think I think Packers and Chiefs have a better roster. To if they lost Mahomes, what they did, Chiefs lost Mahomes for a while and still was okay. The Packers. The Packers may not be a good team anymore, but they won't be the, the worst team in the league. But I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Seattle roster. And I'm, I know, I'm just thinking, like, if Russ was to go down, having Cam Newton there, that could resurface his, his, his like, his everything about him, and he can get a job just like that. Well, I mean, hypothetically, if that was to happen, which I hope it doesn't, because I love seeing Russ play. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I don't think – it would work out good for Cam because <laughs> I don't think he's as good as Russ. Right. So I don't think he could cover up for the errors or things that Russ covers up. And just, you know, realistically, Seattle wouldn't bring Cam in because they're focused on spending their money on improving their weapons and their defense, stuff like that. They can't afford right. to go try to trade for Cam who's making – you know, I think twenty something million dollars. So they, they can't afford to go trade him. Of course, if he was cut, that's a little bit different. But even then, I think he would try to negotiate decent money. Of course, he wouldn't take less than somebody like Marcus Mediocre's taking. So, <laughs> so he, of course, he'll want decent money to even be a backup. So at this point, you know, it's New England or the Chargers. I think both are out on him. I don't think you know, Belichick. He'll he'll take a chance on the guy, but I don't think he's gonna risk his season. On Cam Newton, I think they'll roll with Stidham, or they may do something for Andy Dalton, or they may just go draft the guy and roll with that. So I don't think he's going to be on the New England radar. 
because what Cam does doesn't really fit what Josh McDaniels does. So I can't see that happening. And plus, we're basically we don't even know if we're gonna have the ball. So with you know OTAs and training camp possibly being limited, right. you wouldn't even have time to get this guy ingratiated into the offense. So I, I'm I wouldn't advocate for either one of those moves. Uh, it's just gonna be Carmelo Anthony 2.0. It's going to be <laughs> football the NFL. Version. Yeah, football. Sit out, sit out the year. Sit out a couple of weeks and, and hope and wait. See what materializes, <laughs> but. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, as far as just starting the year as a QB, as a like a starting opening day starting nah, QB, I don't that see ain't happening this year. I don't see it. So with that being said, and the reason why I brought it up because like so this is this is, we're gonna move into our second list that we made, and it's kind of like if Cam was to go to the Patriots because that's the only job he could. This is not Cam Newton MVP anymore, and because of that, without the weapons, if if they do catch the injury bug like they did last year. The pages won't be able to overcome a lot of different things. So that's why this this list next is um, top five QBs in the league that you think will still come up short, no matter what the front office does this offseason. Um, did you did you rank this or, or did you did you have just have five guys? No, I didn't rank it. I had four, and then the fifth one we'll have to talk about for a second. But like, I have four for sure. And then the fifth one we'll talk about it. So right, like, go, ahead, go ahead and say your four real quick. I put like I, like I say it, it's not ranked, but I'm just gonna start off with I, I'll say number one, Sam Darnold. I mean, come on, man. And the Jets are not anything to help, dude. <laughs> I mean, no weapons. Your coach is Adam Gaze. Yeah, they, they need to help Sam Darnold out, man. Like you can't switch guys. You can't do whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, but. Imagine, imagine Sam Darnold being the guy, and I like this guy. Imagine Sam Darnold being the guy instead of Baker Mayfield on Cleveland. I think that I think the the view of Cleveland would be so much different if it was Sam Darnold and not Baker, because Sam Darnold's you know he's viewed as more level headed, and you know at the time by some he's considered to have more natural talent than Baker. All that kind of stuff. Baker's considered like a overachiever, so. But Sam Darnold's definitely on the list, man. I, I want to see the Jets do something for this dude because even with no Tom Brady, Bills and Dolphins both got better. So Jets may still be in last place. <laughs> That's crazy. You're right. Who 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 else you, who else you got? Uh, I had to go Kirk Cousins. He lost Stephon Diggs. He lost Stefanski. So, you know, it's coming up. They're going to probably – Pay Big Dalvin. So once you pay Big Dalvin, that's gonna come with your weapons. That's it. That you can put around offensively, offensively, O line wise, receiver wise, stuff like that. So uh I like I mean, I'm not one of those Kirk I'm not a Kirk apologist and I'm not, you know, somebody who kills him either. But yeah. Kirk is a, a good solid QB, which is most times in the NFL once you want. You know, if you got a guy who can be top fifteen perennially and can play like he's top five to top seven from time to time, that's really all you can ask for. I mean, you're only going to get so many Russes, Mahomes, and A-Rods. Right, exactly, exactly. But, you know, but hopefully Kirk doesn't uh, disappoint you, of course. You know, that, that, that's your squad. So, But I had to put Kirk on the list, man. And then uh, a third, I'll say number three, Whoever is the Patriots quarterback will not be set up for success. <laughs> I don't care who it is. You bring Rick in, Stidham, Cam. I mean, unless you go get Derek Carr, 
the, the New England Patriots QB will not be set up for success just because they won't have time to learn the offense. I mean, it's been considered a complex offense. And even Tom Brady, the great Tom Brady, was struggling with his <laughs> weapons. You got Edelman getting older coming off surgery. You're hoping the Q and Harry takes a lead. You hope they for I mean, I think the Falcons at the time I didn't think it, but now the Falcons basically finesse the draft pick for Sanu. You still don't have any tight ends. I mean, you got a committed running back, but I don't see what the QB for New England can do. I mean, yeah. so <laughs> that's gonna be Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be a tough one. Uh this one right here might surprise a lot of people. Deshaun Watson. You traded the man best receiver. You've had spotty O-lines for who knows how many years. Right. And then, you know, Bill O'Brien as a coach. I mean, the, the question marks are there. So, hopefully, Sean Watson can stay healthy, keep on winning nine to ten games, stay in the playoff race, because I think he's one of the best QBs we have doing it right now, man. So, uh, let's see what Houston does. But hopefully, everything pans out for him. And then number five, I hate to do it, but Tom Brady. Hey, all right. Let me before before we get into that. All right, so let me run through my list real quick. So I put Kirk Cousins on there as well. Uh, have Sam Darnold, both for the same reason that you said. Um, I also threw on Baker Mayfield, um, and the reason is because I don't know is it just Cle- Cleveland mojo, the juice around it. What what is it in Cleveland? But I don't think it matters who they bring in. Um, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Hooper, Joku, Chubb, Stefanski. Uh, I forgot who the office coordinator he brought in. But I don't think it matters who he bring who he brings in, what tackles they sign. I'm I'm still not sure that that Baker Mayfield will still be successful. Like I think he I think he would be better than last year. But at some point, even with all that he got. I think somehow he still may come up short with it. That's because his shortcomings, um, you know, being, you know, what Kyle Cowher always say, being very immature or something like that. It's like he, I don't, I don't think he's grown up yet. And, and that's, that's could be, that could be detrimental for him. Um, so Kirk Cousins, Donald Baker. I said Phillip Rivers. Um, I think at this point his arm is gone. Um, he went to a team that he got a better offensive line, but he ain't got no weapons. Like, we got Marlon Mack. Ty, if he's there, that's it. I mean, Jack Doyle. I mean, this this is not Hunter Henry. This, like Hunter Henry, eight games is still better than Jack Doyle for sixteen. And he don't have Keenan Allen. Don't have Mike Williams to go up and throw it up and go get it. They didn't sign no receivers off season. They don't have a. Uh, they traded their first round pick. Uh, that, that put them out of contention for a Judy or Rugs. So it's like, I don't think Phillip Rivers would be successful. And yes, I also have Tom Brady on the list. So you go ahead and explain why. Yeah, hey, I consider Philip Rivers as well for the same thing you said. No weapons, pretty much. But um, I had to put Tom Brady, man, because we saw the story too many times of like guys staying too long. Mm-hmm. And granted, last year with New England, he didn't have the best weapons, so you know he covered up some mistakes. But there were a few times, you know, he made some errant throws himself, and. I don't know, man. It's just something about a guy this age coming out of a system he's known the ins and outs of for 20 years. I 
I like Bruce Arians. I, <laughs> I mean, you love Godwin. I love Mike Evans. Uh, Howard. I mean, I, I think highly of the Bucks. I like what they put together. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just that story of we saw this so many times where guys just don't age well, and you can be in a good situation, but you just don't you know. It, it just doesn't pop just right. Like Peyton Manning was like three great years, then obviously he just went right off the cliff. And then, you know, Joe Montana with, you know, he had a, a little bit later success, but, you know, it just, it, at some point, it, Brett, Brett Favre, like, it's at some point, fall. he just kind of yeah. goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at some point, he just goes away, man. So, I don't want that for Tom Brady, and I hope it doesn't happen, but I have, even with the great weaponry he has, I have some concerns because these guys are not what he's used to, and you won't really have any time to gel and build chemistry with these guys. No OTAs, no training camp. Everything's up in the air right now. All you can do is really watch film, but you don't build camaraderie and chemistry with your locker room and your teammates by watching film. So <laughs> right. I, I, have some, I have some questions. I believe in Tom Brady, but I have questions. I think Tom Brady's success was always predicated around the run. Like, yeah, Corey Dillon. Michelle, who was the uh Lawrence Maroney, like like these like he always had a good running back who who dominated for you know for pretty much parts of the playoffs and throughout the season. I don't I don't think Bruce Arians as of right now, I know you are I know you'd be a Rojo fan, but I don't think he has what it takes right now. And as far as running the ball and can will Bruce Arians change his game to fit more Tom Brady? Or will he try to train be let Brady be Bruce Arians, like, under his system, which is aired out. And I don't know if Mike Evans and Godwin fits what Tom Brady wants to do. That's just my, that's yeah, my yeah, side. That's exactly it, man. Like, they, yeah, like, those guys can beat you down the field. And uh, from what I saw, they're both good route runners. So I don't really have concerns about their route running. Right. But it's just if Brady has an arm limitation, which naturally is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's going to make your guys have to adjust. And how do guys adjust to that when they when they haven't worked with him at all before? I mean, they're NFC, he was in the AFC, so they haven't even played in a Pro Bowl together. So, I mean, <laughs> there's no chemistry at all here. So, I, I mean, like I said, that's probably one of the best. Now that Diggs is gone, this is probably the best wide receiver duo. Mm-hmm. But I have questions. I, I believe in what they can accomplish. Right. I definitely, but I'm not gonna go there as like this is my surprise team, or I think they can make this crazy, crazy run or something like that. I'm not willing to go there yet. I must say, I definitely have questions too. We're gonna take another quick commercial break and be right back for our last list. We got this uh, is Michael Jordan document uh, documentary coming out, and I kind of think that it was pressed because of LeBron James. I think that's why the reason. That is, is that is being done is because of LeBron James. I believe that LeBron James legacy, I want to say, overtake Michael Jordan, but could threaten Michael Jordan as far as legacy around about the game of basketball and of course more. Like we know, Michael Jordan had has owned a team. He his big brand and and shoes and, and and stuff like that. So that's when I say that. Um, I think that's why we're getting this, and, I, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that LeBron's legacy was able to push Michael Jordan. Uh, I think the documentary airs, what, mid-April? Um, 
I want to say mid-April, 10-part documentary. It's, it's, 10, it's 10 parts, right? Yeah, it's 10 parts. They're going to do part one and part two together, three and four, five and six, okay. seven, eight, nine, and ten. So it's, it's going to be over like a five-week stretch. They're going to do parts one and two uh, April 19th, starting off then. Okay, so I'm going to be front and center. We got nothing else to watch. So definitely I'm going to hit, I'm going to watch that live. Uh, that's going to be good to watch. It's going to be all over all over the um, all shows, Twitter, Facebook. Everybody's going to be talking about it. Uh, about because we saw R.I.P. greatness of Kobe Bryant about his life and how in, in depth he was. We we talked. We saw how LeBron James bring everybody in close, and the same thing for Michael Jordan. But we don't get to see that stuff. So I, I think that's why this is going to be very very great for us for us as fans, us as uh, media people, sports people to to get to see the ins and outs of the true the 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 what everybody say is the goat, and it's like okay, well. Once once everybody get to dive in and see the behind the scenes of it, that that's gonna be the greatness of it, and that's something I can't wait for. So, with that, with Braun legacy, Braun's legacy questioning or, or not questioning but threatening Michael Jordan's uh, uh, legacy, Rashad said we got to make a list why LeBron cannot pass Michael Jordan uh, when it comes to basketball legacy, all that included. So. Um, I'm going to let you go first on your list. Yeah, man. I, I thought about this one just because of, you know, even though we're you – know, so the season is spinning right now, and, of course, no matter what LeBron does or no matter what channel you're turning on, FS1, ESPN, YouTube, I don't care where you go, there's always the inevitable MJ versus LeBron, who's the mm-hmm. GOAT. You know, on Twitter, people talk about that crap every freaking day. So I thought about this list because I want to – let people know that right now and probably for the next 20 or so years, as long as we have people like Jalen Rose and Stephen A. Smith, and hopefully you guys live longer than 20 years, but as long as guys like that around who saw both in their prime are around, there's no way LeBron can pass MJ. And there are five reasons why I think that. So number one, mm-hmm. MJ's resume, the resume is flawless. LeBron's resume has flaws in it. So let's talk about MJ's resume. Ten-time scoring champion. All-NBA, basically every year he was in the league pretty much. Um, Defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, five MVPs. I mean, what did this guy do? He he was on – I mean, he basically did everything. All I mean, all-star, represented the league well. The dream team made the league global. Magic and Bird put on TV – Jordan took that blueprint with his charisma, his clean-cut look, and all that kind of stuff. He took the league global. And that's just something that LeBron can't compete with. You know, his resume is you, – you can say LeBron might have lost a few MVPs, you know, but he didn't win it. Right. I mean, because MJ did the same thing. He could have won some more MVPs, but, I mean, you can't just give a guy the award just because he's the best player in the world. So <laughs> – you could so resume do it, yeah, I, I, yeah, but yeah, they're not gonna do it. So resume for resume, I mean, I didn't even bring up the six and those six championships, all that kind of stuff. Which will, I mean, you just can't beat that. But all other aspects of all NBA, all defensive team, defensive player of the year, more MVPs, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. MJ's resume is just flawless, and LeBron's can't compete with. He has MVPs, all that kind of stuff. But some of the other things that Mike accomplished. LeBron did not accomplish that. So that's number one. Number two, the big moments and the highlights. 
LeBron just doesn't have them. I mean, look at the start of 1991. MJ with the, the reverse layup. That's in the finals, man. Everybody saw the ends versus the Lakers. That's a highlight that's been played Everywhere. for multiple, multiple years. Huh? The shot over Craig Elo. You got the, the pass to John Patson to secure a championship. The pass to Steve Kerr. I mean, I think one of the biggest ones right here is the steal on Carl Malone. He goes oh down, sets, sets, up, sets up the play, crosses over Byron Russell, nails the shot, and holds his pose. But, but look at the, the LeBron key moment. He blocks Iguodala, but Kyrie hits the shot. And, and, and including in all of that, there's a timeout and everything. So, like, MJ's moment was one singular moment. So, like, when you run a highlight right, tape, I get you. you can just run that. Yeah, you can just run that one moment, that whole clip. But with LeBron's moment, it's a, it's a great block, phenomenal block. He also had one against Tiago Splitter. But, like, LeBron just doesn't have those moments, especially, like, in the finals like that, where your legacy pretty much made. Like, Mike's always came in the finals. The 92, the the, the, the shrug. Like, those moments, you just can't <laughs> beat those. Like, Le, Le, LeBron has hit great shots and, and has great stuff. Right. But his moments just don't measure up to Mike. So that's number two. Number three. This one might be a little bit controversial, but I think you'll get where I'm coming from. The best player in the world crown. Mike never lost his crown. He surrendered it. When he when he gave up basketball to go to baseball, he didn't get <laughs> beat in the finals, nothing like that. He didn't not show up and people like stuff like that. He surrendered his crown. It went to Hakeem. He came back. <laughs> Reclaim his crown, won three, won, won three more chips. Yeah. But when you look at LeBron, guess what? On LeBron's watch, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the world. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in L.A. Steph Curry is the best player in the world. Whether these things have been fair or not, LeBron's crown has always been questioned at certain points. I mean, even with... R.P. Kobe. They were at a certain point, who's the best? Kobe or LeBron? Kobe or LeBron? Mm -hmm. Of course, LeBron eventually overtook him, but when you look at just the 2010s, which is really LeBron's decade, there were times his crown has been questioned. Yeah. I mean, even as a healthy player, he only been injured one time. As a healthy player, his crown has been questioned. Now you got to put Giannis in that race. Mm -hmm. is, is he the best player in the world? So, as the best player in the world, holding that crown, LeBron yeah. has been questioned. Uh, so number four, you just can't erase everybody's memory of the 2011 finals. He came up too small. Um, I mean, I don't hold it against him all the way because he's redeemed himself with other finals. Like what he did in 2015, carrying that team like that, and even uh, 2018, you know, you're just carrying his team with the, uh, with the Cavs, stuff like that. He's redeemed himself on mm -hmm. multiple occasions. But you just can't erase 2011 from people's minds. And then number five, uh, shout out to the legend Chauncey Billups. His quote, when it was LeBron's turn, everybody got rings on his watch. When Mike was in the 90s, nobody won rings. He dethroned the Pistons. He didn't let Magic get his sixth. And no other Hall of Famer, not Barkley, not Drexler, not Carl Malone, not Stockton, nobody else in the 90s won rings until Mike Surrendered the crown both times. Hakeem's two surrendered again. That led the way to the Duncan Shaq Kobe 2000. So, no, during the 90s, nobody knocked Mike off his throne. 
And like Chauncey said, during the 2010s, KD, Kawhi, Steph, all these guys got rings during LeBron's uh, greatest decade. So that's my top five right there, man. Yeah, I'm with you on the uh, the you know on the undefeated in finals for the Michael Jordan slash the LeBron three and six record. Um, like I said, you you can pinpoint, and I think that's really pinpointed to, and we thought about it before. I think it's that that that's my one. My two is that Michael Jordan had a, had the tough the tougher conference, uh, meaning like. To get there, he had to go through Pistons. He had to go through the Celtics. He had to go through the Cavs at, at one point. And he had he had to go through harder things. And I think I think LeBron coasted to the finals and played a hard team. And I think the Bulls had to fight the Magics uh, to, to get there as well. And then I think they I want to say Cruz, but they had a better chance in the finals than they did to get there. Um, and I also want to play the devil's advocate to longevity. We were talking about how uh, you know your greatness. It is like this, like you know, like Tupac could have been the greatest rapper of all time, but he he didn't he didn't survive long enough. And it's like with Michael Jordan, his his legacy versus versus uh LeBron. LeBron's gonna play at least twenty years. Michael Jordan had what thirteen years, but he had gaps in between. And all those thirteen years, he he was he was great. And not saying LeBron wasn't either, but it's like okay, LeBron passed him in year seventeen. Versus Michael Jordan, he been coasting. You know, he he been there. Like his he got there faster than than a lot of people. I mean, I know LeBron James is the fastest to get to this and fastest to get to this, of course. But it's like the longevity. He started faster, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So it's, yeah, he started high school, right? So um, that's one. Uh, another one is Michael Jordan. What is Game Seven? Sky people say it all the time. He's like, we don't do Game Sevens, and, and I think I think that's. That's a big part on, on the Bulls themselves because they don't go to sevens. You talk about the Carmelo Malone one. If you if you just sit there and just watch that game again, Jack, the Jazz should have the Michael Jordan should have been dethroned. Like I was like, it is what it is. The Jazz the Jazz should have dethroned him twice. And the fact that they blew it, they, they, that series they blew because why 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 did it is mind blowing that a superstar of Carmelo's status. Well, forget that Michael Jordan. Like he, he just got past him. He's not going nowhere. Like he was still there. It's real. Going the other way. Like you, you caused Brian Russell to get pushed off and quote unquote pushed <laughs> off and, and, and get and get in, in that frame of Michael Jordan. Like you, the reason why you put Brian Russell in that Carmelo and and Carmelo was he was working like they couldn't stop him, save his life. So Michael Jordan said, doing doing a, a signature moment, go take go take what's mine, and he took the crown. You know. So I think that what is what what if what is game seven is is a reason why uh, that that Braun can't pass MJ because Braun had to go to game seven so with against the Celtics to get to the finals. Celtics without Kyrie, um, he had to go game seven to win. Then you, got, then you go game sevens to win his championships. Like I, I want to say all not all of them, but I know against yeah, Spurs, yeah, with, yeah, with, 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 with Warriors, Warriors and uh, yeah, with, so, with yeah. Spurs, yeah. So all of he had to go go to game seven. He he can't end it in six. So you know, and then. The biggest thing he pointed to, Michael Jordan ended and stopped dynasties. Like, the Magic were coming. Now, you can watch the little 30 for 30 for Magic and realize, okay, with Nick Anderson, mindset, blah, blah. So, maybe the Magic could have been the dynasty. And Michael Jordan really ain't stopped it. At the time, they stopped themselves. And then Michael Jordan kind of, like, squashed them. And, and Shaq took off to L.A. Uh, but, it's like, he, he, every, every like I said, Bird and Magic, yeah, they were getting older. Um, yeah, Isaiah Thomas and the Bad Boys were there, but when Michael Jordan and Pippen arrived, 
boom, that's it. You're not doing anything no more. That's it. And from that point on. So the end of the stop dynasty is probably a reason why because, like you talk about with Johnson Billups, everybody got a ring off LeBron. And, I mean, even LeBron greatness, I mean, getting getting there eight straight times, I'm, I would never knock you for getting to the final because if you, oh, if, you no. if you can't get there – that's worse, in my opinion. I don't care what the records say. So, cause we can add, we can, I can do records by round if you want to. So, uh, LeBron first, second, and third round flawless. You know what I mean? So, it is exactly. It, yeah. So, um, so yeah, those, 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 that would be my five. I think, I think the what is game seven is is huge in my opinion. But you know, getting to Michael Jordan versus LeBron takes longer than the time we have remaining. But it's like, it's it's, it's gonna be a good doc to see everybody. Focus on Michael Jordan and what he's done behind the scenes and what he was like behind the scenes. So I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, they're definitely one and two best of all time, man. But I don't think LeBron, of course, over time, he can probably pass Mike, you know, based upon once younger people you yeah, become yeah, the yeah. older people. They'll be like, yeah. So, but as far as long as certain people are around and can tell the Mike stories and tell the Mike legacy, LeBron can't pass him. And this, and this, and this will tell it all. So, I think I, I think that's why it's it's a great time to do it. Oh, LeBron is this. LeBron is this. Oh, he he go to documentary and why I was so great. And now the you know the debate is gonna keep going, keep going. Um, so that's it, man. Uh, we got less than a minute left. Uh, the profits, man. We are back next Thursday, same time, same place. Um, I got preaching to the choir coming out again. I got Pittsburgh on the docket. We're going ahead to San Francisco. We're going to talk about the Saints and going to talk about my Vikings all in the next coming two weeks. So be, look, be on the lookout for that. Just did the Cowboys yesterday. It's on my Twitter, so look, go look at that. Uh, Rashad, anything you to say before we get out? Man, I would love for it to be WrestleMania season, but it ain't going to be no fans out there, man. I can't, I can't, I can't watch it. I can't, I can't watch it. I can't, I can't watch it without without the uh, without the fans. So uh, WrestleMania, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Next year. Next year. I'll be there. Hey, man, shout out, shout out Chris Jericho, a.k.a. We're going to call this and you just made the list. <laughs> you just made the list. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it, Preach. We're Rashad. We out. <laughs>